So over the last couple of weeks, I've been officiating at a bunch of weddings, and uh, so at the very beginning of uh, the, well, during the wedding, I, I ask uh, the, the bride, and then I ask the groom, will you love her? Will you honor her? Will you keep her? Right? And just, and in, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others, would you be faithful to him? Would you be faithful to her? For as long as you both shall live. Every wedding I've ever done, I ask that question. And it, for some, it just kind of seems like this perfunctory question, something we have to ask. It's actually required in order to do a wedding in Pennsylvania. Like you, it's, you have to show that you're, you're doing this on your own free will. And, and so, but as I've been thinking about this, as we've been studying Joshua 24, the, the gravity of that question is just really landed on me in, in, a, in a particular way uh, that I want to talk about today. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Joshua 24. If you got a, a Bible from the back, it's on page 163. And so I, I asked this, this question of the bride and, and then to the groom before they exchange their vows, before they give, give each other their rings, right? Before they move from being a bride and groom to a husband and wife, before they kiss, I asked them, will you forsake all others? Will you be faithful to each other for the rest of your lives? Really, this is a, this is a question of commitment, right? Because there, there's all kinds of temptations out there. Like out on the internet, right? Hey, will, will you forsake the temptations of the internet for this person that now stands before you? There, there are all kinds of opportunities. You know, someone who is not your wife, someone who is not your husband, will you forsake this person who stands before you? Will you forsake all those other people for the person who now stands before you? And I've never had someone be like, hmm. Let me think about that for a minute. Right? Of course, they're like, yeah, absolutely. You know, some people are like, yes, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, they're like, they're very emphatic, you know. Um, but, but for me, like, when, when I'm asking this question, I, I ask it differently than, than most pastors ask it. So, so most pastors ask the question, do you? Right? And, and so, right, and that's right, right after the, the, that question, that, then the bride, the groom says, I do. Right, which is fine, but see, that's, that's a completed action, right? So, so I'm at, the way I ask it, it's actually something that they're, they're making a commitment today, but also tomorrow and every day for the rest of their lives. And so my question to them begins with, will you? Right, so I, and so I will you be faithful no matter what? I wonder how many of us who are husbands and wives, do we need to go back? Some of us have to go further back than others, right? To remember that day when we stood before God, family, and friends, and we said, I am committing myself to you for the rest of my life. I wonder how, how many single people in our church need to, need to think about, hey, instead of kind of just making a decision of, of convenience and moving in with my boyfriend or my girlfriend, Right, that, that I'm going to wait until marriage and, and make a, a lifetime commitment to this person to be exclusively faithful to one another for the rest of our lives. Well, that's what we're going to hear from Joshua today. And it's, it's not going to have to do with, with being husband and wife. It's not going to be about marriage for, particularly, but really it's going to be about a people, the people of Israel and their, and their God, God Almighty. 
And so we're going to pick it up where we finished off last week. So your Bible is Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. Joshua writes, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all what? All faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. So here we are. We, we have Joshua, right? One of the, Israel's most faithful leaders. And he's calling the leaders. He's calling all the people of Israel together to, to make a choice. Choose you this day. Are you going to serve the, the gods of your ancestors? Or are you going to serve the one true God? And, and as we've been talking about through this, this series, come on, let's just let's be honest. Right? The, the people, of Israel's, uh, people of Israel in Joshua's day, they, they were serving God half-heartedly at best. Right? In, in other words, they, they, they were serving other gods while they were saying, hey, yep, I'm still in the family of God. They wanted it both ways. So I, I want to look closely at, at these two verses and just talk about how it is that for us in the 21st century, we can live as faithful disciples of Jesus. So back to the first part of verse 14. Now fear the Lord. This is what we talked about last week, right? Throughout history, fear has been one of the, the most formidable enemies of humanity that we've ever faced. Fear, fear is the, the chief enemy of, of faithfulness. It's the great immobilizer. It has frozen many people in their tracks and kept them from accomplishing everything that God created them to do and to be. Fear caused the Israelites to, to grumble against Moses and about, against God as, as God was just getting ready to deliver them from, from Pharaoh's army. Fear froze the, the armies of Israel before Goliath. Fear caused the disciples of Jesus to, to wake him up in the boat whenever there was this, this storm raging all around them. It was fear that caused Peter to deny Jesus three times. So in each one of these situations... Right? We, we, we see people, that they're, they're taking their eyes off of God, and they're, they're putting them on their problem. So I, I like to listen to pastors online, you know, just to kind of learn from them, see different ways how they communicate things. And, and I heard this one pastor, he was preaching on David and Goliath. And, and he, was just, he, was, he was trying to encourage the, the people in his congregation, saying, hey, whatever challenges that you're going through that you might be facing right now, right now that might seem just kind of insurmountable, Right? He's like, you can be just like David, and you can slay your, your, your demons. You can slay your Goliath. And I'm just like, wait a minute. He just said we're like David. I'm like, we're not David. Jesus is David, right? And it's like, what, what did David do? He, whenever he slayed Goliath, he'd be like, that's right. Thank you very much. This is what I did. No. What did he do? It's like, look what God did. Right? Because he had this, this healthy, biblical understanding of fear of the Lord, he's certainly not going to be like, look at me, how great I am. Look at I did. Instead, he's saying, look at God. He understands what it means to fear the Lord. And, and so like, that's what it begins with us, a proper understanding of fearing the Lord. And then he goes on in the second part of verse 14. He says, serve them with all faithfulness. And so this word serve is found six times in, this ver in these two verses. It's actually 16 times in this, in this whole chapter. 
Right? This, is, this is obviously a burden on Joshua's heart. Right? He wants the people to willingly choose. Choose you this day whom you will serve. We're going to look at this more next week as we wrap up this series. But, but we see in the, today when we look at how he says that we want to serve with all faithfulness. Right? And, and, and so, like, in other words, we're, we're ta- he's talking about every area, every arena of our lives. It must be surrendered to God Almighty. But the Israelites say, they're like, hey, we, we really, we, we'd like it both ways. Hey, we, we want God Almighty, but we also, like, we want the, the gods of our ancestors, right? So they're an agrar- agrarian society, right? They're, they're growing crops and everything. So, like, they, they, they wanted to cover all their bases. So whenever it was time to plant, they're, they're praying to the God that would bring water, rain, right? When, when it was time to harvest, they're praying to the God of the, of the harvest, right? And you're just like, I don't know. And he is God Almighty. We believe that, but we want to make sure just in case. We're covered. And he's like, you can't have it both ways. Right? And so, so Joshua, he, he doubles down in, in the third part of verse 14. He's like, we talked about this last week, throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped. And I can just picture the scene. That whenever Joshua says this to the leaders, to the farmers, to all the people there, they're probably like, well, but, but what about this? And, and what about that? And what if the, the rain doesn't come? And what if the sun doesn't shine? And, what if, and he's like, throw them away. Throw them all away. Get rid of them all, right? That's where we want to get rid of everything that is standing between us and God Almighty. And Jesus addressed this as well. He, he told this parable of the, of the shrewd manager. And he, and he was talking to this group of Pharisees, the, these keepers of the law for the, for the Israelites. And, and after he told the, the parable, he says this in Luke 16, 13. No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In light of the fact that there are so many things in this world that are seeking to to capture our our attention, our our values, our heart, our our desires, and in light of the fact that that Jesus tells us, hey, you, you can't serve two masters, in light of the fact that, that Joshua, he calls us to serve God Almighty with all faithfulness. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for you and me in our everyday, ordinary lives? The Apostle Paul writes this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. This then is how you ought to regard us, as servants of Christ, and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove what? Must prove faithful, right? So faithfulness is really birthed from commitment. Faithfulness is birthed from commitment. So I ask the bride, I ask the groom, will will you be faithful? Will you make a commitment to a, a vibrant, loving, passionate marriage to each other for the rest of your lives? Joshua goes before the the people of Israel and says, look, you guys, throw away all of your false gods. They're meaningless. They do nothing for you. And Jesus, he invites us to to die to our old selves and to be born again. And so it really, it all begins with commitment, a resolve. And because faithfulness is really developed through commitment, and, 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 and really, I want to make this so clear to you. Like, this, this level of faithfulness, it's, it is not self-generated. 
Right? Whenever I'm talking to husbands and wives, I'm not like, you know, white knuckle it until you can make it through this. It's not what I'm talking about. Our faithfulness really finds its origin in the character of God. We just sang about it with a couple of songs. Look what it says in Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his commandment to, of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Describing the character of God as being faithful. Then, then in the New Testament, we, we hear about how Jesus is faithful. Hebrews 2.17 says, for this reason he had to be made like them, like us. Fully human in every way. In order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. That he might make atonement for the sins of the people. In other words, we can be faithful today because of the faithfulness of God. So, so I think you know, God's faithfulness was never more astounding than whenever he, he delivered us from the very grip of sin. When he, when he put his son on the cross to die for our sins. Every time that we look up here, we should be holding what, like what it is that God has done for us in Jesus. Right? That, that when we put our faith in Jesus, that we are rescued out of our sin. We are rescued out of our death and given new life. And so what, is this, what does it mean for, for us to be faithful in every area of our lives? And look, and, and I've and I, I got to tell you something. Faithfulness doesn't mean perfection, right? Now you, you, you're going to fail. I'm going to fail. Right? There, there are no perfect people on this planet. And so, it, so being faithful, it doesn't mean that we're, we're not going to struggle. It doesn't mean that we're not going to make poor decisions. We are. We're going to say things that we shouldn't say. We're going to do things we shouldn't do. We're, there's going to be times when we know we should do something and we know we should say something and we don't. Right? But that, that doesn't mean that you're, 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 just, you're unfaithful for the rest of your life. Right? We're, we're, we're building our faithfulness on the foundation of the faithfulness of God. And so that really the, the definition of faithful is, is having or showing true and constant support or loyalty and I love this part, deserving trust. Keeping your promises or doing what you are supposed to do. So what about you and me? Does that definition describe us in every arena of our lives? So, so, so here's the thing. Like, we all know this. Like, there's, there's nothing in life that is more heartbreaking than, than seeing unfaithfulness in relationships. Like when, when someone is unfaithful in their marriage, someone who is unfaithful to their family, so, someone who is unfaithful to a friend or, or to a coworker, or to an employer, right? Unfaithful to, as a citizen of, a, of our country. It's just, it's so damaging. And, and in our country, as we look around, so it seems like it's just so widespread and it, and it seems like it's never going to end. I think that's why Solomon tells us in Proverbs chapter three, verses three and four, that love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. That we're never going to let go of faithfulness. So how, how, how do we strengthen you know, ourselves in faithfulness? So, so if you're married, 
right? That means making decisions together, right? Especially when it comes to your finances and raising your kids. We want to make sure that every person feels listened to and valued. One of the things that I often do whenever I'm doing premarital counseling or, or, or counseling uh, when people are going, husbands or wives are going through difficult times, I, I will grab two chairs and I'll have them sit there and I'm like, get face to face as close as you possibly can. And they're like, what do you mean? And, like, you know, and when the, things aren't good, you know, they're, they're kind of a little hesitant in that, right? I'm like, no, closer. Like, you're sitting there, one leg is in here, one leg is over here. Like, I mean, we're like, eyeball to eyeball, right? We're having a conversation here, and we're not getting up. And, and like, what this does is it, it forces intimacy. And whatever it is that we're dealing with, whatever it is that we're struggling with, I need to hear from you, and you need to hear from me. And we're going to sit as long as we need to right here because we're committed to each other. We're going to be faithful to one another. You know, and sometimes, you know, whether you're single, you're married, you're a teenager, whatever, like, like to be strengthening our faithfulness means that we, we resolve issues privately. Right? We go to the person one-on-one. We're like, hey, here's, here's what's going on. Here's where I think there's a brokenness in our relationship, our friendship, or whatever it might be. Can we talk about that? It, it means like, hey, we're, when we're around other people, we're always going to sp- speak highly of one another, right? We're, we're not going to do anything that's going to tarnish someone else's reputation, and we will never, ever, 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 ever gossip. Never. We're not going to participate in it. And if you want to strengthen your faithfulness, you keep your commitments. Right? You, you don't overpromise and underdeliver. Right? You, you're in. And, and you, you ask yourself, right? And this is something I, I do... Like, I, I have to just make sure. Like, I have to check myself. Like, before I'm going to do something or say something, you know, you know, get a check in my spirit and be like, okay, is this increasing my trustworthiness or is it breaking trust? What would it look like if, if you, before you, you spoke, before you did something, you were like, okay, now, uh, is this really improving my trustworthiness or not? And being honest. And so if, if faithfulness is, is going to be a part of our character, then, then we, need to be, we need to learn to be faithful in all things, the big and the small. And it really, it starts with the small. Jesus says in Luke 16, 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And so when I'm officiating at a, at a wedding, I, just, I, I, want to be, I want to be crystal clear to the bride and to the groom, right? Here's what faithfulness looks like for you guys for the rest of your lives together, right? And so I, I, if I'm doing like the traditional vows, right, uh, you know, will you love her? Will you comfort her? Will you keep her, right? Will, will you keep him? And then we walk through these things for better, for worse, right? When, when things are, are really, really good, even when things are struggling, you gotta make a commitment. I'm not leaving. When it's for, for richer or for poorer, you know, when there's, there's times when it's really, really good, and, and whenever there are time, you know, times when just, there's not enough, that you're making a commitment, I'm not leaving. Whether you're in sickness or in health, right? If you can run a marathon or you're dealing with stage four cancer, I am not leaving till death do us part. Like I am, I'm standing right here before God, family, and friends, and I'm committing to long-term faithfulness 
to you exclusively. I want to be really clear when people are getting married. And now, all of us who are married, that's the commitment we made. And so when we talk about discipleship here at Charter of Church, like we want to make it crystal clear. Here, here's what faithfulness looks like for, for people who call Charter of Church home. Like we want to be devoted worshipers. Right? If, if you're not sick and, 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 and you're not out of town, you're, you're going to be in worship. It doesn't matter if it is raining cats and dogs. Thank you for being here today. You're going to make that commitment. And you're, you're going to cultivate a, 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 just an, an attitude, a lifestyle of worship outside of Sunday morning. That we want to be humble servants. Come on, when, when you got saved, you got gifted by the Holy Spirit. Right? And you can leverage those, your gift for God's glory in the building up of our church. We want to be generous stewards. Come on, God has been so, look at this. God has been so generous to us. And he invites us to be generous back by, by giving to the work of God at our church. We want to be community builders. Right? We, we, we are made for community. Right? And, and a great way to grow in our faith is to be a part of a group who, who will love you, that you get to love, that will hold you accountable, that you're holding other people accountable as well. We want to be deployed missionaries. If God says go, if he says go right out into our community and make a difference in people's lives in our community, we're like, I'm in. I'm all in. Or if God says, go to the ends of the earth and make much of my name, like, I'm in. Whatever you want, God. My answer in advance is yes. And we want to be disciple makers. But every one of us have, have people in our, our circle of influence who don't have a church home, who don't have a relationship with Jesus. We want to invest in those relationships. We want to tell them about the, the hope that we have because of Jesus. And so and, unless you define what faithfulness looks like, you're, gonna not, you're not going to know how to be faithful in your marriage or in our church or in your friendships or at work or in our country. Right? Joshua says, hey, okay, it starts with a healthy biblical fear of the Lord, and then we throw away all our false gods, and, and then we, we choose this day who we're going to serve. That's a decision all of us have to make. And so I, I want to even drill even further into this word faithfulness because I think there's a word that, that, that needs to go with it. And that word is perseverance. Perseverance. Again, today's culture, we, we, we don't persevere. We, we give up too easily. But you know, when, when Paul was writing his letter to Timothy, he was in prison. He, he was waiting, you know, awaiting you know, certain you know, just execution. Right? But, but he had peace. He was at, seriously, he was at peace. Because he knew that he'd been faithful to God. He writes this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 to 8. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the, the crown of righteousness with the Lord, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So Paul, he was faithful to exactly what God called him to be and to do as a disciple of Jesus. There, there's a parable in, in Matthew chapter 25 that, that Jesus uh, talks about these, it's called the parable of the three servants. And so he talks about how this, this, this steward, this, this, the manager, the, the owner, he, he calls in three of his servants. And to the first servant, he's like, here's, here's five bags of gold for you. Right? And here's two gold, bags of gold to you, right? And then he, then he gives one mother person a, one bag of gold. 
And he says, he, Jesus says he, he entrusted this owner, he entrusted his wealth to these three men. And so the, the man who, who had received five bags of gold, he invested and got five more. Way to go, Nick. Way to go, man. Right? And the guy who got two bags of gold, he, he invested, he got two more bags of gold. Way to go, Josiah. Right? But the last guy, he was afraid. Right? Fear's paralyzing. So he buried his bag of gold in the ground to protect it. Right? And, and so, like, Jesus says, then, after a long time, I was like, how have I missed that? That little phrase, after a long time. In other words, he's talking about perseverance. Right? These three guys. Right? He says, you know, that the owner comes back. Right? And he calls the first guy forward. He's like, hey, I gave you five bags of gold. What'd you do? And he's like, I invested it. Here's your five plus five more. And here's what Jesus says in response in Matthew 25, 21. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The guy with two bags, he comes up, he's like, hey, what'd you do with my two bags? He's like, here's two more. And he says the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. Calls the last guy. He's like, hey, I gave you one bag of gold. What'd you do with it? He's like, man, I was afraid. But here's your bag back. He didn't say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful. He calls him wicked and lazy. Because he wasn't faithful with what God had given to him. You know, I've, I've done so many funerals in the 28 years I've been a pastor. And I sit down with the families and, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, talk to me about your, your family member and stuff. And, and people who kind of grew up in the church, been around the church, are like, oh, could, could you somehow, some way, you know, could you say, hey, you know, my, my grandfather, my grandmother, my mom or dad, whatever, they, 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 they're, they're going to hear when I get to heaven, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm like, well, well, tell me about them. You know, and they're like, oh, man. Grandpa, he was a good golfer. Right, Grandma, she could make some really good cookies. You know, and just kind of they tell these things that are just like things that are, you know, maybe important to us. They are important to us. Right? But they don't talk about their faithfulness to God. And I think every one of us longs, to, we really do, we long to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful Right? And, and some of us, we, we look at our lives right now, we're like, oh, I certainly would not hear that. Where I am today in my, my walk, I, just, I, I don't think I would hear that from God. Right? But, but here's the thing. You can be faithful starting today. Joshua stepped forward and says, choose you this day who you will serve. You can make the decision today to be faithful in your marriage, to be faithful in your friendship, to be faithful to your church. You can choose that right here, right now, today. You know, in a couple of weeks, we're, we're, gonna have a, we're gonna start a series called Asking for a Friend. So if you, maybe a month or so ago, we said, hey, you know, if you've got some questions that maybe you've been kind of hesitant to ask, you know, we said, send them in, you know, through, you know, social media, you can text them, there was a box in the back, you know, and uh, w one of the questions that, that we received was, was from a mom, and, and she asked this question, what's the best way to start reading or teaching the Bible to my kids when as a parent, I don't always understand what is being taught or said 
in the passage. It's almost like she's saying, I want to start today. I'm not really sure how to do this, but I want to start reading the Bible with my kids. I want to start talking about my relationship, our relationship with God, with my kids. I'm like, wow, that's so amazing. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 to 9, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Right, so just the, the practicality of Deuteronomy 6, I just, I just love it because it's just so reassuring. Right? I mean, just, like, the most important thing that you and I, we can teach our kids, no matter how old our kids are, is to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right? And just everything you've got, kids and students, love God. How do we do that? How do we, how do we teach them? He's like, talk about it. Right? Talk about it when you're at home. Talk about when you're, you're driving your kids, wherever it is that you're driving your kids, right? When you're putting them to bed, talk about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. When, when you're waking up in the morning, talk about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. You can put reminders all around your house. So a couple weeks ago, we gave everybody a stone and said, write your word that would remind you of God's graciousness in your life. Like Put things around, like that around your house to remind you of God's faithfulness so that you and and everyone can see it. And to me, like, this, this really goes back to, to faithfulness and perseverance. Because I, I, really, I don't think it's about, you know, okay, everybody at the table, we're doing two hours of Bible study today. Right? Mike, Abby can tell you, I have never done that with our kids. Right? Like, this, is, like, this is more about persevering in the small things over a long period of time. You know, one of the things I, I love about our kids' ministry and our student ministry is that our goal, our goal is to empower parents to disciple your kids and your students. So if you've been asking a, kind of a similar question that this mom asked, and, then I, I would I'd point you to Pastor Andrew, who's the pastor of our students, or, or to, to Miss Jody. She's in our nursery. She's smelling, she's sniffing babies' heads every Sunday, right? That's what she says. Or, or Miss Janet, who's downstairs in our, in our kids' ministry. Like, hey, Pastor Chris said that, that you, your goal is to, to empower me as a dad or as, as a mom. Can, can you do that? They're ready for you to ask them that question. They want you to ask them that question. And so just as, as Joshua stood before the leaders and the people of Israel and said, choose, you, choose for yourselves this day who you will serve, I'm standing before all of us. And I'm saying to you, choose you this day. Will you be faithful? Will you be faithful? Let's pray. Almighty God, we are so grateful that our faithfulness is built on your faithfulness. That we can sing songs of, of, of praise to you because of, of your great faithfulness to us. And God, we, we see these, these Legos around this room and outside, and we, we, we find joy in, in, in building with Legos, God. And I know it, it brings your heart great joy when, when we build our families on your faithfulness. And so God, I, I pray for every husband and every wife 
God, that they would be faithful to you. They would put their, their love relationship with you first. And they would pursue their, their spouse with faithfulness, persevering through all things and going the distance. God, I pray for every, every kid, every teenager. God, that they, they would come to, a, a, even just a, today, a better understanding of your faithfulness and, and what it means for them to be faithful. God, I pray for every single person, God. There's so much pressure that's put upon them. They would choose this day to be faithful to you. God, I pray for our church that we would be faithful to be the bride of Christ. Almighty God, we, we are so desperately in need of, of your faithfulness to permeate our hearts and our minds, our very souls. How would you do a work in us? Almighty God, we love you and we praise you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,